And we are live. Gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Mecca of Banter podcast. I am this week's host, uh, Henry Wind. You can find me on Twitter at Henry Wind. And let me tell you, fellas, it is a great week to be a Manchester United fan. I'll tell you that much. Uh, a win away at Luton. And as we all know, it's a tough place to play. Tough place to play out here. We uh, we have a lot to dig into. Uh, it is match week for St. Louis City. Shout out to the City Boys. Um, but let's get a quick check in with the fellas. Lucas Winkleman, how you doing today? What's up, baby? I'm good. Good to see you guys. Uh, stoked for this episode. Is this two weeks in a row that all of our clubs won their games? Oh, no, oh, because Chelsea. Oh, no. Spurs oh, and Chelsea. Damn, crazy. <laughs> Um, no, I'm on top of the world after the last like five games. Um, really excited to dive into that. Sorry that I missed the uh, the Mecca moments talk about City, huh? Top of the world, but not maybe it, maybe it's a it's a close <laughs> race, my boy. Just give it time, you'll get there too in a couple seasons. But uh, good to see you guys. Well, uh, Lucas, thanks for being here, brother. Eleven goals in the last uh, two games for you, and to a man who hasn't scored eleven goals all year, Nick Hayflinger, how are we doing? <laughs> oh man, uh, we're doing great. Um, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Hayfee4. Um, hey, you guys are talking a lot of trash, but if you told me at the beginning of the year that we would get points against City in both games this year, I would. Call you liars. So you're I'm doing the Lord's work. That. You're doing um, the Lord's work. And besides that, I'm pumped for the St. Louis City game tomorrow. Um, I am going and I am taking my daughter. It will be her first game. So I am pumped for that. And I'm pumped to talk about St. Louis City. So memories to last a lifetime, bro. I hope that Absolutely. you cherish every bit of that. Take a lot of photos. Can't wait to see. Uh, Andy Hoover, how are you doing, brother? Never better, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, we're doing good. Uh, I think Dobe said it last year where, you know, uh, when when United was doing their thing that I'm purely a St. Louis City fan this year. I support no other club. Um, I never have, never will. Uh, Don't take my shtick, man. Don't take my shtick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Some podcasts may steal ideas from other podcasts, but not here. But not here. No, trust in Ange. Ange is the future. Ange is the way. And the discourse around that's insane. So, uh, no, yeah, we're doing good, though, outside of that. Good, brother. Good to see you. And finally, my United brother, uh, the second half of the United corner, my guy, Connor Dobry. Check in, What's bro. What's going on, fellas? Happy to be here. You know, one of the most informed teams in the world in 2024. Um, there's just no arguing that. And also, City's getting ready to start. You know, some have two teams that I'm, I'm diehard for all the way through here. Um, it's Bielefeld, you know, you guys are waiting for it. Did drop points again this weekend. So we're kind of still in the relegation battle in Bundesliga 3, but we're looking to stay up. Um, but it's good to see you, fellas. Happy for City to be back. Happy to be on the same side for at least half of the episode moving forward. I guess half of the episodes moving forward, but um, good to be here. Let's get it rolling. Well, Dude, fellas, we now that we're all uh, this United Corner bullshit, they're using it. I no, know, it's they're, here. They're they're soaking oh. it up, dude. Oh it's yeah, the, the, the moment he the moment he said it, I was like, "Yep, yeah, I'm going to get a sign in the back here that just says United <laughs> Corner." Uh, today we have a great episode. We got our our weekend recap. We have some St. Louis City preview as well as looking at the Champions League games that happened last week and coming up this week. But fellas. <laughs> Today is a big episode because today uh, it's our first sponsored episode that we've ever had as a podcast. So shout out to Manscaped. 
for being our first sponsor. So 2024 is here and in full swing. And that means it's time for a New Year's resolution check-in with our friends at Manscaped. And newsflash, it's never too late to level up your grooming game and keep your bush tamed. Manscaped's new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is every man's cheat code to look good, feel good, and turn the page on confidence this year. Whether you're going for the trim or that clean-shaven look, this trimmer has you covered. Trusted by over 10 million men worldwide, now is your time to get a grip on your grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code MECCA20 for 20% off and free shipping. Again, that's MECCA20 for 20% off and free shipping. The ball has dropped for the new year, but don't drop the ball on your balls. Fellas. Did you did you, pra- did you practice that? That was insane. I practiced. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Thank you, fellas. Uh, but hey, Ma- the Manscaped sent us some stuff, and I know that you all got the chance to to test it out the last week. Give us some initial thoughts on this, guys. I guys. had um, no idea that ball deodorant was a thing. And, no. <laughs> uh, by golly, does it do wonders? I mean, I will gladly the crop, admit the crop it's it swampy down yeah. there, and it has not been swampy using that. Yeah, dude. I and like when when you look at it on the outside, I thought that it was just some sort of lotion. And you know, whenever I put lotion anywhere else on my body, never put it in that spot before. But it, oh, yeah? it feels like it feels greasy sometimes. Sure. And sure. And ever since I've gotten relaxed, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> It took me a second, but I, I have been using this stuff twice a day now, and it is it is the best. Like I never thought, never thought to put that stuff on me in that spot, you know. And a one, that we're here for a one. Personal user of the five for sure. Um, and I have cut myself in the past with previous, uh, just general old, um, beard trimmers. And that's not the case these days, brother. Yeah, it was a dangerous task for a while there, bro. Like, I had my old beard trimmer from college, and, like, that thing wasn't safe to put my on my face, much less <laughs> anywhere else. Uh, so the trust I have in the product is wholehearted and true. Um, and, yeah. I, I've, been a, I've been a Manscaped, like, truther since, like, they came out since it started. So even before Manscaped came, I've been using the products. I will continue to buy the products. Even if you want to keep sending more, I'll take that. But I'll still keep buying it because truth, truthfully, it's it's just a game changer. Um, like you guys said, everybody likes a little ball tuner around now. Everybody likes those parts to smell good, you know? Like, hey, but the, no the man Manscaped is a, is a gooner, so he doesn't know that much. Yeah, yeah. Shout out, uh, Luis. But uh, get 20% off and free shipping with code MECCA20. Again, that's MECCA20 at manscaped.com. Embrace a new you and definitely embrace a new trimmer courtesy of Manscaped. Uh, with that being said, gentlemen, thank think, you. Your balls, your balls will thank you. Man, if you if you didn't think we were going to sell out so fast, you guys were so wrong. Because like, <laughs> we, were, we were taking that opportunity. So here's your here's everyone's shout out that, you know. Come to the Mega Boys. Come shop and see what's up. And, 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 and gentlemen, open, you gentlemen, it, it, I promise you, it won't just be your balls that are thanking you either. Happy Valentine's Day, Lucas. Congratulations. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. That's great. Uh, you know, also, you know, speaking to the sellout, you know, Manscaped also hooked it up. They sent us some, some shirts, sent us some boxers, sent us some toiletry kits. Three of us are wearing the shirts right now. And I think <laughs> four of us, maybe more, are wearing the boxers right now. So we believe in it. And uh, thanks for being here, Manscaped. So, fellas, let's talk some footy. Uh, 
we already talked some ball, but let's talk some footy. So uh, the weekend recap, we're going to kick it off. Uh, we're not going to touch on it too quick or too much because Butchie isn't here. But Dobes, you got a good look at this Brentford-Liverpool game, finishing 4-1 in Liverpool's favor. That's not only a big result for Liverpool, but that's a big result for the title race. So give us your thoughts on the game and, and what can we expect going forward? I think the thing with Liverpool and obviously it was sort of my United bias going into the season, like picking them to sort of finish like farther down the table. But this team, it's like we talked about Klopp inspiring them. It's just, it's so apparent. Like even without Salah, yes, I think the biggest takeaway from this this game is the injuries and can they cope because they still are very much in four competitions. But this team's a wagon. Like I've been, I've been sitting there saying that City's getting ready to go on this run of consistently not losing games and Arsenal and Liverpool are going to have to, to keep up. But at the same time, Liverpool's been doing this exact same thing. And Brentford's a decent side. And just the way that it can be anybody from Liverpool. Like, we see the amount of people that are scoring goals. And that it can come from anybody on the field at any moment. And they're just a dangerous team. It's like you look at Endo and that, that midfield of guys that we didn't really necessarily, at least in my opinion, didn't think were going to be a midfield to potentially be leading the Premier League. And you look at McAllister and you look at Endo and you look at sort of the jobs and, and you got to mention him again, Connor Bradley, who I know that Trent was after Connor Bradley was bald, bald again, but this I Liverpool think- team's rolling. Yeah. Th- this Liverpool team's rolling it. And whether it be feeding off Klopp leaving or whether it just be, um, you know, the, the quality they have, regardless of who's in the lineup, like they're rolling as, as much as they pain to say it. I don't know if they're a favorite still. I still like city, but it's going to be tough to, to get them off the top spot. Yeah. I think Dobbs is spot on these. I, I think they're nobodies, but like the their backups that they're they're finding are still performing well. So like it, it's it's hard to even look past them. But I will say my agenda is still holding so true because I thought they looked quality and Trent was not in the lineup at all. When Bradley's on, I think they actually can possess normally and play defensively um as a back four instead of kind of figuring it out on the fly. Um, so I think they play a lot better without him on the pitch, and I'm going to continue to bring that up every time they do. My concern on Liverpool is that the incorrect Spurs goal that was given to them in the previous parts of the year has since turned around and been flipped on its head and that they are getting calls. Yeah. Um, things that should be penalties that aren't or or vice versa. Like I don't a football think tackle? You know, like a football tackle on Ivan Tony, um, and I don't think it's as extreme that that like I'm not crediting their success to that because I agree with everyone they're a great team, um, and in a four one game, you know, obviously they were the they were the better side, but also it was three to one at the time, and it should have been three two, and that changes the the swing of things for sure. But um, I'm nervous about that. I'm nervous that. Klopp isn't not in on it, good lord, but the everyone loves Klopp apparently. So it's just there's weird things that I don't like to see, although they're still uh absolutely dogging teams at the end of the day. So it really doesn't matter. Liverpool's gonna have an issue, and yes, I know that the, the Carabao Cup finals is Sunday, but they they're still in three competitions, and I think that that they can't let that hurt them in the prem if they want to go on and win it, because they're still in the Europa League, they're still in the FA Cup. And they're going to play a ton of games. And when you're missing, you know, Curtis Jones is out. Jota's out. We don't know. I mean, Allison picked up another injury. Um, Tiago's still Tiago's still injured. When you're playing in this many competitions, it's like I, I'm already seeing the clap excuses two weeks from now when somebody gets hurt this weekend. And it's going to be a fixture congestion, fixture congestion. You know how he fucking does it. It's like clockwork. But if I'm a Liverpool fan, I think that it's an exciting time. But at the same time, for the Prem, it's a little bit concerning. 
It's like clockwork. Yep. Ah, ah, come on now. Come on now, fellas. We, we're here for it. Um, we'll, we'll, see. we'll see how it goes. Uh, Lucas, you have a lot to celebrate this weekend yet again. And by a lot, I mean five goals against Burnley. Um, are you all just coming into form? You have a couple of good games or like, where's the, what, what's going no. on with Arsenal right now? Yeah, I've, I've got a lot of, of thoughts on this, uh, but I'll try and be concise. I want to start with the fact that, yes, I know it was a game against an inevitably relegated Burnley squad. But on the road in general this year, we've been fantastic from the beginning. Um, and we saw that, you know, I don't know if you guys watched the game or not, but Odegaard's beautiful half volley in the first minute was... That was disgusting. Quality finish. Disgusting. Um, the ball, too. Like, the ball across yeah. was sick, too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and honestly, I, I'm not even going to talk a ton about this game specifically because although, you know, I may not have predicted us putting five in granted our recent form i may have but um you know we we've scored i've got a lot of stats for this but we've scored first in 14 of our 18 away games this year and in seven of our last eight prem fixtures altogether um so i think that 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 key for us is continuing to start hot and i know that in the past towards the beginning of the season when we were in our slump and then uh here and there last year we weren't doing that or we were trying to, but then we'd get like caught off and there'd be a bad mistake. And then another team would score early and it, you know, it would take a lot for us to catch up. We'd get spread out trying to do so, get scored on again, so on and so forth. So, um, nonetheless, we, we held them to eight shot attempts, zero on target against West Ham, one shot on target, one shot on target to Liverpool and three to forest. So in our last four games, we've allowed five total shots on goals. That's crazy. And then we scored 16 goals in those in those same amount of games, and that's not even including the five we scored against Crystal Palace the game before. So 21 goals in the last five games is insane. Um, so while I'd love to talk about that game more, half the fucking team scored on them. Again, you know, we knew it wouldn't be close, so I'll I'll just leave it at that. But I do want to talk about what the fuck Arteta has been cooking up since our midseason slump. Um, I think there's a lot of recency bias all around the game obviously mm-hmm. but i haven't heard a peep about us signing a striker um in the summer since before the palace game a month ago uh since january so with us firing on all cylinders right now you know getting goals from like nine or ten different players in the last five games i think for me it comes down to four things um time off set pieces our ability to rotate players and not suffer from the injury bug thankfully knock on wood everybody please and then our wingers and captain no, 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 no shot yeah <laughs> and then our and then our wingers and captain finding great form so time off that that time in dubai was exactly what we needed and i know we've talked about it before but just the disconnect reset and refocus was it um i do think it gave us t- gave arteta time to kind of fine tune and tweak our game plan into what we've seen them do recently i think it's sometimes tough across all of our teams when you have to play at the weekend and then a midweek game as well to find enough time to adjust a game plan in a big enough way while also fitting in a couple recovery days. Um, So I think that that week allowed us to do that. Set pieces, we typically pack the box five, six, seven guys. And I think a big piece of that is having the majority of them being six foot or six one and taller. And when you got guys Gabriel, setting picks, it, it certainly helps too. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and yeah, it does. Like extra, extra time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to know your role, but 
Gabriel, Saliba, Rice, Kai, and Benny Blanco are all over six foot or over six one. Um, we've scored 24 goals from set pieces this season and only recently have done it consistently. And obviously that shows rotating players. While we don't have that 30 goal striker right now, it's been clear in the last five games that we don't necessarily need it because we're getting goals from guys all over the pitch. I want to clip that up though, because like the thing is, is that like, it's great that you all are informed. And I know that you did preface it by saying that it might be recency bias that you're saying this, but like, isn't this the exact same thing of like earlier in the season last year, you all like had this great form and Saka was scoring all these goals and Martinelli was scoring all these goals, but then you got to the business end of the season. And it's like, the main thing was that you don't have a striker and that's where a lot of the blame went. So isn't it like yeah, a little so- premature to be like celebrating this right now when it's, you know that it's still such an issue? Um. No, because I'm gonna I'm gonna celebrate when they do well. But if you, you know, to to finish my thought there, although we didn't win the title last year, it did work for most of last season with our wingers and Odegaard getting 15, 15, and fourteen respectively. Yeah. So, you know, depending on the team's style of play, I don't think it's always fully necessary to have that one guy that you have to rely on when you can rely on you know three to four guys that can get you ten or more goals in the season. Um, and that obviously adds up to, in this case, last season to more than that 30-goal striker. So I think that for me right now, we still need to be looking at a striker in the summer, but we've got a lot of guys wanting to score and are, you know, as of the last five games are converting. And so that, you know, gives me a lot of confidence in the squad that like they, you know, they all want to attack and don't just want to feed the one guy uh, at the top. So your manager's been talking about Kylian Mbappe more than the signing a striker recently, so... I would hate that. Uh, <laughs> I, I was just dang. wank material to me for a guy to just be talking about another team's player, especially when he knows where he's going. But, you know, personal <laughs> opinion. We'll I see. think the thing... Guy can is, dream. I, I agree with what you're saying in terms of, like, spreading, spreading the goals out in... I don't necessarily think it's like the emergence of Saka. You can't, like, he'd be remiss not to talk about how good he's been just specifically over the last like month, month I and mean, a half. I mean, him and Hoyland are the yeah, top I mean, goal I was, scorers in the Prem in twenty. I, I was going to say that. I, th- I think the biggest thing comes with, it's a lot easier to be the fourth, fifth, or sixth goal in, in, a, game, in a game like that to where you need Saka to be that guy in late March when you are it's going to happen. City and it's, it's nil, nil, not, or one, not even one. not even City, or it's going to be one one. Like remember the Bournemouth game last year that was so yeah. important to like the run. Like it's one one against Bournemouth late in the game. Like that's where you need. It doesn't have to be a nine. Obviously, you want a nine, but that's where I think you need. And it looks like it's going to be Saka in terms of just like it looks like he's willing to take that burden on his shoulders this year. I mean, could I think, could be could be Trossard too. Like you know, I, I we we he, played him at striker the be, last couple yeah, games, he but has he has to be, to be the, in the, the line. nine moving forward. Like he has to be. He's a baller. Um, but I, I think that's I think that's what we'll really see. It's like obviously eleven goals in the last two games with none conceded is incredible, um, and it's kind of making a statement. But I also think it's like we're going to learn a lot more about this Arsenal team when it does come to. Crunch two time. two one one zero zero crunch time. Those are where those are where titles are won. But yeah, obviously yeah. you have to be over the moon with with current results. I'm I'm so excited. Yeah, and, and you know that's not to say that we won't get goals scored on us the rest of the season because we will. But you know, Raya also hasn't played a wrong foot since this run either. And you know, prior to this run, we've seen him make you know a couple howlers or have a couple howlers here and there. So I think that you know. I'll, Arsenal Twitter's been talking a lot about, 
you know, now that we're playing really well, getting Ramsdale in there. And while I was pushing for that, you know, the first half of the season, I think that you can't mess with the mojo right now. You you know, you just kind of have to ride it until something happens, whether that's, you know, a team scoring a couple on us or us, uh, you know, dropping a couple points and, and tying somebody, whatever the case might be. But I think in terms of, you know, keeper as well, you kind of got to got to ride that. But no, I, I saw something I saw something funny the other day. It was talking about because Arsenal scored so many set pieces, but it was it was a United account that was, of course, like we took um, cities, uh, you know, chief football officer. We're taking Newcastle's um, sporting director. We might as well take Arteta to be a, a, a Ten Hag set piece coach. You know, just bring him in. <laughs> might as well, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Wild. This game, but, uh, the only thing I wanted to bring up, and this is actually literally no banter, if you. Like, I think Dobes and Winks are the only two who watched it. But, like, I didn't think that was a pen. The second one, like, I didn't think it was at all. Like, I don't even think he got what is it? What is a pen now? No yeah, one knows. I know. I just, that's the fuck I'm pretty sure, pretty sure we have an episode title yeah. called Very that. True. I just, yeah, yeah, we I was, didn't we didn't come to a solution at the end of it either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go back and listen. That's yeah, why well, we're not in charge. Three but. points. Is three points. Is three points. Is three points. And, you, you know, you said it at the beginning, but... You know, it may not be as impressive with uh, going up against a team that might be going down next uh, season. But at the, at the same time, you can't help who you play. You can only yep. determine what what's the performance you're going to put out. And, you know, we'll talk about United in a second. But we also played a team that is is towards the bottom half. And, um, you know, we didn't play super well. So you all did and give credit there. Um, Hoove, Tottenham, man. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. But those sneaky, sneaky wolves do it again. Two to one victory over Tottenham Hotspur. Get after it, my boy. Um, uh, I hate wolves, dude. They bro, do this every year. Same, bro. So do same. I, dude. They do this so every do year. I. They okay. blow it against every other team but the big six, and then they show up to play against the big boys. Um. So that's annoying, and it happened again. But uh, yeah, you want to stick with some set pieces? We can stick with some set pieces. We've been terrible <laughs> on them, terrible on set pieces. Um, and it's not not necessary. We've scored a couple. Um, the set piece defense was a miserable was 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 the downfall. But truthfully, bro, Wolves could have had like four. Uh, Huang Lee missed. Hang Huang Lee Chan missed one early. Um, as as Pep would say, the Korean guy, the other Korean guy, I think is what he said, <laughs> word for word. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Pedro Neto, dude, dogged us. And to be fair, he's been dogging everyone. Like even when they played Chelsea last week, I texted in the group. I was like, he's an absolute yeah. dog. He's an absolute dog. So, sure, um, well, Island, but yeah, dog. He's gonna look I mean, so good in United shirt next year. That's crazy. I heard Spurs already put a bid in. So I- <laughs> um no but for real like they could have had a bunch um obviously spurs are going to be open at the at the back on the counters but they were just so clinical on them um or i truthfully only on one but they looked like they could score every time um not having destiny and pedro poro sucked I think that Uh, was the the story of the game to be honest with you yeah but like you know they they're not as the Davies, or, uh, yeah, Ben Davies and Emerson Royale are not as good. There's just that's just truth. Everyone can accept that. Um, it, I just, it shouldn't come down to them. And I guess that maybe 
makes me realize how much how good Destiny and, and Pedro Poro have been because I think, you know, Ben Davies had two chances that he probably should have tucked. Um, Emerson Royale couldn't find a pass out of that inverted position. So, like, you know, that wasn't great. I'm not ready to, like, w- throw the throw the loss out because of that. Um, lack of creativity, for sure, wasn't Matters Day. Um, he's not really been the same since he came back from injury. I mean, he's been – you can still see everything going through him, but um, just a little bit less dynamic, maybe. Um, yeah, it was it was a tough watch, and and I'm gonna blame Hen for the uh, for the second goal because he sent in a group chat and was like, "Hoof, I think it's coming two one. You guys are you guys are dogging. It's a matter of time." And then and literally, then I pulled way. up in my phone to text back. And I was like, "Stop!" Um, they go on a counter and and bag one on a Pedro Nacho <laughs> assist. Uh, Jao Gomez, you guys know who this cat is? You ever is heard of Jao Gomez? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, it was a bummer. the The discourse online has been about Ange. I think What's that's it? the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Uh, just people questioning him. Um, general, general. You know, it's probably the first time that he's been kind of questioned. But like right on schedule, it's right on schedule. It, it, dude, it can't be. It can't be a schedule, bro. It can't be a schedule. Like this is the most attractive football we've played in years. They're in fourth or they're in fifth now. Like. Brother, let's let's go back and look at what happened last year and how we how we fell apart completely. Um, just stick with somebody. We're gonna be fine. Everything's gonna be fine. Um, you know, needing your play, needing your your top players to have games is gonna be crucial. But I, you know, it's not the end of the world. No one got relegated. We're not gonna get relegated. Um, anything better than eighth is an improvement. Give the guy some time. You can see that there's actually funds being put into the squad now, which yeah. is like the first time that I've ever seen that. So it feels like there's a project. You know, he said the exact same thing Conte said, like, what was it, 18 months ago? He's like, I'm a I'm a manager, not a magician. So didn't love that comment, frankly. But um, he's right. It, this job's always felt like you need a damn magician, bro. So, you know, <laughs> why does that change? Um, but, uh, yeah, you know. You move. They don't play this weekend. Can't ruin my can't ruin my weekend. Now it's up to St. Louis City to determine my mood on Saturday. Um, and yeah, I, you know, no quarrels. Don't worry. Be happy. Was Timo missed? Um, I don't know. Uh, the and and when he subbed in, I thought this was interesting. He subbed him in at striker. He subbed him in through the middle. Yeah. Um, which I didn't love. I, you know, I think, uh, I follow this invert the wing account who for a really long time, I kind of was like, Oh, this guy might be legitimate. He's got a class B coaching license and whatever. But now I think he's just a troll, but he does make a good point in the sense that a lot of times Richie's scoring goals. Yes. But he's scoring goals on, on one time across the box or, or headers or, or things of that nature. I do think we score more goals with Sonny in the middle, just because his ability to link play. Um, Richie doesn't have that, but you know, it's no slight on Richie. It's just, if we're gonna use him as a piece to build around on the wings, you know, he's got to be able to turn, find a pass. Uh, that was going to be my comment. Cause I just, I think Richie looks so much better when team is with him. Yeah. I, and you know, I, I, it's, it was a weird one. Cause you know, Kulisevsky was ghosting, but then he had a great finish. He, he's one of those guys you can never, you know, count out, but like, it, there were so many, um, there were so many lackluster, like it, it's not, it, it felt like no one could put it all together at the same time. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I do feel we'll probably see Brendan Johnson again. Um, not, I, I don't, it's just, they're different players. You've got Brendan Johnson, who's a vertical threat and fast and pacey and can find himself in the right place, at the right time. And Decky's not as fast. He's a great dribbler. Um, but when you can't create and, and there were so many opportunities for him to, to put in a good cross or find a, find a final third pass that he just didn't do. Um, yeah, it, it just it just felt unorganized. It wasn't working. Um, the the it didn't work together. But you know, this, this is the first time we've really had some guys healthy too at the same time. So now you're kind of back to square one a little bit to where he's got to figure out the best formation. He's got to figure out the best guys. Uh, the the personnel is pretty much locked up until you know that top half, um, and that's where it gets interesting. So I don't know. I don't know where you go. Yeah. I mean, the th- the thing is, is you all are not a Premier League winning side. So to expect the consistency at the top level from every single game, it's just not going to be there right now. And so I think like, I don't know why you're laughing. I'm, I'm saying that like, it's not an overreaction at all from what Hoover's saying, which is good to hear because I think like some of the other Spurs Twitter from what you're saying is people are. I thought you were going in advance. Like, that's why I was laughing. No, Sorry, no, no, not at all. It, it, it's Brother, just, we've yeah. never been a Premier League winning side. That is no yeah. banter. That is just <laughs> no, the truth. No. But 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 I'm saying like you know if there if there's a, a dip in form and a two one loss to Wolves, like it is not the end of the world. And just like you said, like Ange will have to figure that out if if he wants to get to that point of you know title contenders or solidified top four every single season you have to win those games uh, even when it's hard so like as 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 someone who's not you know a, a fan of spurs like i i feel like Ange is in one of the most secure spots as a yeah as a manager in the prem like there's not many more coaches i'd put above him in the security standpoint so fuck yeah, off this first it, thing that's <laughs> like, stupid i know there and there's so many weird things just kind of bouncing around like just thoughts on twitter and it's like um the brexit boys are are complaining about all the tourist fans we we do now have a stadium that where you know you're not gonna just bring in locals every single week right and we've got Youngman's son who's an international icon and we're we're bringing you know eastern asia out to these games all the time and like people are complaining about things about those like they couldn't get the fans engaged all, 90% of that gets taken care of when you when you put on a really good product so yeah. um it it was frustrating you could t- the whole game was frustrating um Decky's goal came out of nowhere like it, it, there was nothing for them to build on and and there were so many aspects of it that just it just sucked it burned uh, you you want to beat Wolves at home? That you know you you see that one on the calendar and like yeah you should come away with three points. But as we've seen, this is kind of just what Wolves have been doing too. Um, I don't I don't think it was a lack of respecting your opponent thing either. It just didn't it just wasn't the day. Didn't it didn't, it yeah. didn't work. Didn't work. Um, and you live and you learn. You move on. Yeah, Dobes always uh, says like whenever we play Wolves that it's always our bogey team, and I was kind of hoping that after Ruben Neves left to Saudi that like that wasn't going to be yeah. a thing anymore, and they just are. They just figure it oh, out. That, that Portuguese core still gives me nightmares. Too. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, and, and everyone was going to get swooped up this summer. Um, yeah, I thought he was going to go last summer, but had the injury. We've said before. Yeah, it it was the injury thing, you know, last season, maybe even the Very season before. Very injury prone, even but, still. Yeah. 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 Still young, you know that. That's the thing when when you look at it, it's like you can kind of figure that stuff out in completely separate point. But Gio Reyna the same way, super injury prone. But when you're still 21, 22, like 
you still time to figure that out. So um, on to Man City, Chelsea. Um, also, fellas, I don't know if you all watched. I made a TikTok before, you know, before the, the games this weekend, and I predicted all the match fixtures. And with the exception of this city result and the Tottenham result, I got all of them spot on. And I even guessed the majority of the score lines correctly, which is crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, but Should have parlay. Not, that would have been nuts. Would have lost because I obviously didn't hit these two. But um, the City-Chelsea game, I, I thought it was going to be like a 2-0 victory for City. And it came away 1-1. I have some thoughts on this one. But, Nikki, I'm going to give you your microphone first. Um, the big thing that I'll call out, though, is that City is now four points off of the top spot with the game at hand, but um, four points off the top spot. Have your hey, flowers, we're, Nikki. We're, we're back. We're back where we belong in 10th. So, um, trophy all, hanging in the rafters. Absolutely. All is well. Um, but, no, I, I thought we looked good. Um, all things considered, um, I know in here we have Holland missed a lot of opportunities. I think they missed a lot um, towards the end of the game as well. But I also think we missed some as well, and I definitely think the scoreline could have gone our way. Um, I think the things that we looked good in and we normally haven't this season are like the little things, like the crisp passes, the first touch, the passing it around the back, Enzo taking risks on some of his breaking the line passes and then working off. Um, and I also think that just goes hand in hand with kind of our little bit of identity we have, which is playing to the level of who we're playing against, which um, I think we showed up against City. Um, First time. <laughs> yeah. But um, the bads, I'll start off with. You have it as well on our notes, Sterling. It's um, insane, bro. It's so crazy. Like, we were. I had some of the guys over, the Chelsea guys over to watch the game and he literally, when he gets the ball, he looks to take someone on rather than look at anyone else or try to continue the passing of play or any any bit of the flow. He just stops it, immediately tries to find a player and take them one-on-one. He, it was a great finish, and I'm happy he scored. Um, he should have had two or three. Um, the other one is Jackson. I think in front of goal, the man is a deer in headlights. Um Obviously, I think out wide is where he belongs. Um, he played a great ball into Sterling, um, but he can't hold up the play at all when we play him the ball up top, and he's literally atrocious in front of goal. I don't know what's going on with him. Um, but moving on to some positives, I thought DeSassi had an a absolutely hell of a performance. Um, I have been... His best game in him, a Chelsea jersey, bro. By a long shot. Yeah. What did you say? So his, his best, best game, game in a Chelsea, Chelsea jersey. Oh, absolutely. I was just about to say, I've been like iffy on him all year. And yeah. this one, um, it's funny. Joey B brought up a great point. Um, he says one of the things he loves about players is when you are getting a lot of shit in the media, you perform well and you improve. If you continue to be shit, he thinks so. He doesn't like them. So he pointed that out about the Sassi, and I couldn't agree more. I thought he had a hell of a performance. One thing I really appreciated, obviously, as a defender um, when playing was the uh, enthusiasm that enthusiasm that he had after the tackles, he was roaring and celebrating them like goals. That shit I love to see. Um, I also thought uh, Gusto had uh, whatever. Doku he's a dog, dude. He's game. a dog. Um, well, he is very, very impressive of late. Um, I think he is so good. He's also 20 years old. Um, I know Reese James is back in training, but if we continue playing Gusto, I, I don't think you can drop him. Um, I also think Enzo played super well. 
Um, like I was saying before, some of those passes that haven't been going off for us are working out well. They were, and Enzo was a lot of those. He was taking a lot of risk because um, he kind of had to in our defensive third by breaking lines, and they were coming off well. Um, I also will say I think Poach got it wrong. Um, I completely agree with Anthony Russo. I'll give a little shout-out here. He commented in, I think it was our group message. Um, you can't sit back against City for 25 minutes and not expect that outcome. Yeah. I also will say, I think that's why City is so, is City and they're so dangerous. It's because before he made the subs, we were we were getting pinned in. So it's like, how can you justify subbing on an attacking threat at all like yes it's probably like hindsight maybe what we should have done instead of just sitting back but like before he made those subs they were getting a lot of chances um so i just i don't think he got it right on that and sitting back is never good against city for 25 minutes and obviously um we saw the result Rodri is unbelievable he's, and a, he's one of the best players in the world dude. yeah he, i think we all have seen him for a missile. while but like man is unbelievable and once it was funny once i saw who was like about to hit it i was like oh shit. like I, I literally like looked away the shot was a cannon and like it yeah, took a huge target, deflection but but that shot was going in regardless of the deflection it was yeah. a rocket it yeah. was insane dude the yeah. intangibles that he does like if, if, like from a purely footballing perspective if you just if you just watch him the things he does are insane and they always yep. happen Four to five passes before a dangerous chance, or, or for, you know, before a big moment. It's subtle. It's so subtle. His his shiftiness, his ability to find a pass through defenders, and they are short. Sometimes they're really short, quick ones. But like his ability to shake a guy, find a quick pass, and spring the attack is is second to none. Everyone's confidence that they gain knowing that he's yeah. playing. Yeah, for sure. And architecting for them is insane. Like Kevin DeBruyne, he's, he's know, undefeated. The hell he wants on the field, wherever he's he wants. Undefeated he knows- for a year. He's yeah. undefe- he hasn't lost a game that he started in over a year. It's insane. Oh, they they threw out the stat like mid game. They were like, City has not not scored here since twenty twenty one. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> You're like, damn. Yeah, I, this this game to me, it's it's harsh on Poach to say that like. That like he he's the reason that you know or not the reason I guess that's even harsher that like City got a point because it's just what they do, but then again like bringing on a defender with like twenty five minutes left, the best team in the world at breaking down a low block that like they're they're used to it they've done it for and, for a decade now they've that's all they've done for a decade and it's break down low block who hasn't been playing too I that's just, what I was surprised yeah. about yeah, yeah the, that was weird and then another was. kid comes on like that I barely even know like yeah, I, I don't know I don't know this name I'm looking at right now. Like, Cesare Casade. You fellas, I I, got to ask a big question here because uh, I want to give a shout out to LJ. LJ has been on this kick for eight months now, nine months now. Holland is wasteful in front of net. He scores more goals than anyone. There's no doubting that. But that man misses so many chances and this season obviously he had you know he was injured for a big part of it we know that but still leading the premier league fine but 
this game was another situation where he could have bagged a couple and just wasted the chances. And I, I'm getting to the point where I don't really know what to think about it because obviously he puts up all those numbers, but it has to be a conversation of how wasteful the guy is. It's, I also think you have to take into account how City plays and the amount of services chances and the type in general. of services that are coming mm-hmm. in. Because once again, like the guys brought up a good point when we were watching the game. Like, remember Holland at Dortmund? Man was getting the ball like outside the box, taking touches into the box and hitting bangers. He's not doing yeah, that. Picking for City. it up at the halfway line. Exactly. Yeah. He's not he's not doing that for City because they have midfielders and wingers that can hold the ball for ages. So he's just sitting in the box. Yes, I agree with you. He missed a lot of chances. Hundred percent. But I also think he's still freaking quality. Yeah, of course. I mean, you're not gonna say that he's a bad player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like He's also still so young. He has a lot of room to grow, but it's weird to say that he is as wasteful as he is when he scores as many as he does. Like it's just an odd, it's an odd thing. Well, well, for for a while, like sort of like the blueprint, and there's not really a blueprint to like beat City, but sort of the blueprint to frustrate them is always force them into the wide areas and try to make them cross the ball versus let them play intricate football through the middle, and that works up to a certain point. Like, I guess you could say because they did get the sitters, but it's also one of the reasons I think that they didn't score because mm-hmm. so late in the game, how many times did we like literally how many times did we see Doku try to go one-on-one versus, versus Gusto lose the ball and all of a sudden Chelsea was out. Yes, they would keep coming, but towards the end of the game, they almost sort of like Chelsea was forcing them wide. No one to pass the ball to it, well, Exactly. But then they're, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're whipping try these again. balls in. And of course it comes from a moment of magic from, from Rodri to, to tie the game. I'm going to say this. You guys can disagree 100%. If that's not a handball, I don't know what a handball is. Yeah, because I if, a if, if your arm's extended and the, and the, if your arm's extended yeah, and the trajectory slow, of the slow, ball. Slow mow it. Yeah. If, if that's what they do on penalties. That's the if whole, your yeah. arms, if your no, arm's brother. extended. No intent to push it. He's you, not it doesn't that. matter. It, it, it no. has never mattered. If what your arm's natural. extended from your body, if your arm's extended from your body and the ball here. changes, changes trajectory. That's a pet. Like, yeah. I think if that, I think if that's in the 60th minute, I think they're giving that. I think because no. it's late in the game like that, I think they're like, oh, we can't have him win on the very last kick of the game. The other factor to me, that he had his hand on his jersey to start the entire thing. He was had a whole fistful of jersey. I thought so that that meant even more. He had a full fist and then pushed it out of the way. I think if he wasn't holding his jersey, I always side with the defender, and you know this. If he wasn't holding his jersey and he made a natural turn with his chest and the ball hit his hand and rolled, I would say that that's harsh. If it came in directly off that corner and he's defending, I think that's harsh. The only reason he pushes it. The only reason he pushed it. Describe what happened. The only reason he pushed it was because his hand was grabbing a fist full of jersey. It was extended already, and then he turned with <laughs> the jersey and moved the ball. Those are two, <laughs> no, 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 two totally I, different things. I, I'm okay with a no call, but the notion I'm okay the, with the well, no call. But, but the, I thought the notion it was. That, that people are saying that it's like a clear, blatant no pen is insane okay. to me. I don't. If I don't think it's called. That, it doesn't get reversed. I, I don't think it's that in no means because I agree with the statement you made in the text, Dobes, of like we've seen way worse. We've seen ten times less calls. Never be called. That should never be called. But that's not. Yeah, that's just not the standard that of the referee. Like. Never should be called, I don't think. Mm. I think that's a stone wall, but I do too. I, the I fact mean, that I the can't. fact that people in the group message were like, there's no way, LOL, there's no 
Like, this is the first thing they at, said on the broadcast the first, after. Literally, they looked at Tim Howard. He's like, yeah, it's pen for me. And they they all clear cut, clear cut, <laughs> clear cut, <laughs> not pen. It's unbelievable. Uh, Dobes, <laughs> you have a lot to celebrate, my friend. Three points. It's three <sighs> points. Uh, United comes away with a 2-1 win, win over Luton at Luton. Tough place to play. Tough, Tough place, place to play. To play. Uh, in front Tough of Harry Styles himself, Sir Harrison Styles, in the stands watching his Manchester United boys. Thoughts on the game, my boy? I mean, I mean, going into the game, we we knew this was going to be difficult. Like we saw, we saw Arsenal. It took a 97th minute winner um, to get a win. We saw Liverpool. I think it was like 92 or 90, 93 um, to get a draw. And like we saw, like two weeks ago, with like. Um, Luton against Newcastle, where they were down and they come back in the game. So Newcastle's a good side, and you have to give absolute ton of credit just for the the effort that they showed yesterday. From an overall overall performance standpoint, from United, of course, it's you know you you, you can't be happy with Luton sort of dominating possession of the ball, but I also think you have to look at a few moments within this game. Like obviously, you look at the first goal. You can say you can say, of course, it's a terrible bad back pass from a Cassie clearance. It's a bad back pass. But like, what doesn't show is the fact that the moment that ball goes deep, Hoyland's sprinting forty yards straight downfield to put that press in. It's like you have to credit the work rate, and then the finish is is unbelievable as well. We saw Bruno miss one. We saw Garnacho miss the same exact chances, and Hoyland that made that look easy. Then you go to the next one, um, Garnacho shin ball that goes directly at Hoyland, and his ability to direct to chest that ball into the back of the net. Is like he he 100% meant to do that. I will not I will not take that from anybody else that he didn't mean to do that. He said he meant to do that. Kids on fire. Seven goals in his last six games. Um, the youngest player ever to go and score in six straight Premier League games. I think our win rate with with um, Rashford, Garnacho, and Hoyland up front is like 82% compared to and we're averaging like 2.7 points a game versus I think we're somewhere like 40% when that front three is not starting. So the front three for me is is a positive, and we should have won this game by four or five more goals. I think the main concern coming from the United game is sort of the same thing that we've had all season. It's we can create these dangerous changes and yes, we may not score, but it's our, our inability to dictate a game. What Ten Hag wants to do is there's, it's no secret that Man United right now is we're a counterattacking team. It's just, it's who we are. It's what our identity has been this year. And we sort of own that. But I think what kills me is that you see how quickly that Luton can break the press. And what we saw earlier in the year with United is we try to sit in a 4-2-3-1 and, and press. But what teams would do is they'd toss in that wing back or a center back or whatever it may be into the center midfield to sort of give that double pivot and make it easier to break the press. And what we did with Cassie back is we've sort of switched to this 4-1-4-1 where you have Cassie sitting as lo- a lone six. You have Manu and Bruno who are supposed to press the two sixes. But what's happening is the moment that pass gets beat, it's Cassie versus two guys, and he doesn't necessarily have the legs or the ability to make those intercepting uh, those intercepting tackles. Yes, he's good at it, but he also, I think he's like 2.9 times he's being dribbled around a game. Like his legs are sort of getting up to where he can't make those tackles, and you're seeing it to where he's having to make those last-stitch challenges, and that's always been part of his game. But now, even more than ever, it's being exposed just because of how quickly we're being th- played through the press. And then once we get played through the press – I can't think of a single time yesterday where I was nervous that Luton was going to score. Give credit to the way they do score. I personally think that Onana should have done better. But I can't think of a single clear-cut chance that they had the entire game that made me nervous. What is so frustrating is the fact that the moment that we do get the ball, 
it's like, because we're so good on the counter, it's all we do. We rely on, all right, two touch, boom, let's find somebody deep. Let's find somebody. We're losing the ball. I think Bruno lost the ball 17 times, which is insane. Um, but by the way, Kevin Bruno lost the ball 32 times against Chelsea. So he yeah, lost the ball 70% possession and he, 40 other he, line breaking passes. He he lost the ball 17 times, but his ability to get on the ball and not be able to just stop, turn, play triangles, keep the ball, keep a little bit of possession, dictate the game. When when Manchester United goes up 2-0 against anybody and you can't put your foot on the ball and dictate the game, and I mean for five minutes, like five minutes, you True. know that it's a fucking problem. And when you're relying on an 18-year-old to be your best midfielder who like Cassie needs to take pages out of Mano's book because he was the only player that had any sort of balls to, you know, sit there and put his foot on the ball and pass the ball a little bit. But um, I mean, yeah, it's overall you're happy with the results, tough place to play. Like I said before, I'm not necessarily going to be over over the moon until I get a full performance. The difference is, is that Ten Hag didn't make or he made the reactionary changes he needed to make the moment that Johnny Evans came on. Johnny Evans was fucking mint. The moment that Scott McTominay <laughs> came on, he wasn't necessarily great. But the whole game changed. And so we made that reaction to not get Cassie and Maguire sent off and we take the three points and we move. Oh my God, Cassie should have been gone in the 60th. Bro. I was about to say, bro. That's insane. That's insane. That you guys are insane. What do you mean? You guys the are, second yellow? You the, 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 should have been a yellow. Would, Woodrow, Woodrow, on a yellow card in like the seventh minute, does the same thing to Maguire right after that. Oh, not not every, not every single foul is a yellow card. What, yeah, it's not frustrating. <laughs> What's frustrating to me is his second foul, <laughs> Cassie's second foul, is a yellow. His first foul is nowhere near a yellow. And that's the frustration. It's a half toe where he barely catches the guy. Yeah. And he gets a yellow on because a his break. Cat- on a because break, Ke- they were driving be- through the middle of the field. He was the last guy before the two, back line. Two, That's a yellow two every minutes, time. Two minutes later, they didn't give a call to Luton because Casemiro is not on the back of the jersey. Like I, I'm in complete agreement that the second one could have been a yellow, but at the same time, not every foul on the field is a yellow. Like the referee lost that control of that game. Yeah, way, Manu, b- way Manu, before that happened. Manu's foul was worse than anything. Yeah, Dude, dirty Manu, player. Manu's card was the perfect was slide tackle. It yeah, was the also, perfect slide were, tackle. You guys, They're individual you know, moments. You guys had to have seen the clip going around. Rashford pressed with Barkley, just like yeah. that, that's it. Yeah. I, I could I could go on for twenty minutes about that. Okay, well, do it. I think <laughs> when you were saying breaking the press, I think Rashford does affect that a little bit because he's not pressing as hard sometimes. Yeah, and but I, the difference is you're not pressing when you're when Rashford's sitting twenty yards from his own box. Yeah, and if that, you watch the play, if you watch the play, it's I, the ninety. I wasn't it's, gonna... the 90, it's the 91st minute after he just sprinted to the corner and the moment yeah. that Ross Barkley dribbles around him, he dribbles into three defenders and then passes a sideways backward pass. I, I wasn't even going to reference that, but you have to say, watching Rashford, Garnacho's in fault as well. I feel like they don't press sometimes, and that's why they're able it's, to break reason The only reason that it's even brought up is because it's not the first time. If that was the first time that we'd ever seen Rashi not press hard or at least just look like he's giving a shit then it wouldn't have even been a conversation but that's the only reason it rashford came back up was rashford was very solid yesterday too in all aspects of the oh, game yeah. defensively i'm not arguing defensively, that either. Be- defensively before that but it's like i could pull i could pull a one second clip of soccer right on that in the 80th minute when a guy's sitting there and he's just like kind of moving side to side it's like 
Rashford has historically not been great at, at defending. Um, that's just not what he does. But like the pulling a one second clip to be like, well, get rid of your star boy. He's got to go. Is just fucking insane to me. <laughs> yeah, it's lazy. But I, I, I think the, I, the, the big things for me of not finishing the chances from Garnacho and Bruno was screaming at the TV at Amsterdam. Shout out at Amsterdam one time, but I was screaming at the TV about that. And then Bruno in general, bro. I think Bruno's really uh, sliding off. It, it, it's really frustrating. I think he looks fatigued. I think he looks tired. Um, but, you know, I was I was with Russo. We brought him up earlier, but I was with Russo. And one of the things that he brought up that was interesting is he asked me the question if, if I think that Bruno has the locker room. Like, do we think that he's the guy who is the leader? And what I told him is, I think for the first time in recent years, at least, I'm not going to say, you know, since Fergie left, because I don't know. But um, in recent years, it looks like we have actual leaders, plural in the dressing room. And it looks like there are some guys who are stepping into their leadership. Like obviously we know of Leecha, we know of Cassie, um, but it looks like Hoyland is commanding more respect in that locker room. It looks like Maynu is commanding more respect on the field. There is a moment early in the game where Bruno did some shit defensively and Maynu pulled him aside and you could hear, you could see him in Bruno's ear saying stuff about, you know, that's not what we're doing there. So I, I think that we're finally seeing some, uh, like the leadership responsibilities being dispersed rather than everything being on Bruno's shoulders or Maguire's shoulders over the last couple of years. And I think that that's going to bode well, at least for the rest of the season. We'll see what happens next season. I, you know, the United Twitter is never a dull place ever. Um, this week was, was talking about it's time to cash in on Bruno and send him off to some other team. And I think that's a little reactionary, but you know, it'd be worth a conversation for me if a team comes in for 60, 70 million for Bruno in the, in the summer, I'd be willing to talk about it. So, um, it is interesting, kind of like with the Burnley conversation. You can only beat the team that's in front of you. We fortunately beat ours. I'll be four months ago. We, we lose or tie that game. Like 100%. 100%. I was Four shocked. months ago, we lose or tie that game. I was shocked you guys made it out. To be honest, like I, Luton were Luton were really fun to watch. I thought they <laughs> were great, and I, I agree in, they didn't have possession. like they didn't. Yeah, they didn't really have super clear cut chances, but like they they weren't not knocking. You know, like they were definitely in and around your box a lot, and their build up was flawless in my opinion. They didn't mm-hmm. have those guys to finish those chances and and really create the danger, but like. Huffing it up, hoofing it up to the big guy. Big man number nine brings it down, finds a pass out, win the second ball every time, and then they're on. Like it was, it worked to a T. I was really impressed. And I think that's just more credit to them, you know, on a, on a newly promoted side. You, there is an aspect of needing to sit in, but they don't mm-hmm. want to. Like no. sometimes you do it too much. Um, you know, sometimes you don't do it enough. And I do think they should have had another one or two and, you know, hung up on them too. But, um, it, I, I was so impressed by it. I was so impressed. And I thought that a couple extra pieces in and around that box, they, they get one at least. I thought they looked I think, great. I think that's the, and you never want to say this about your own team, but the fact that what Luton struggled to do is break down the low block that we sat in because they had great, they would break the press and then they would try to break down the low block. And that's where it was kind of like, we had Johnny Evans. I think he ended up with 13 clearances just in the second half. half. It was like, yeah. Ain't no thing. They were, they were sitting there whipping crosses in and like we were happy to deal with it. And that's never the way that we want to play, but it was effective, you know? Yeah. Um, I, have a, I have a quick factor never cap for you fellas before, before we move on. Uh, factor cap. Uh, Ross Barkley is on the plane to the Euros this summer. Cap. 
Cap. Cap. Because because really, it's, well, they, I, they okay. Have, let's, they have so many players. Run through that midfield, hen. Brother, I I I think that it's a fact. I I think that he's nailed on to play the eight. And and I don't think he's going to start. I think that they're going to find a way to play Bellingham, Rice, and Foden. I think that that's how they're going to go. But I, I think, think the only that, reason I think the only reason you may have credit here is because we're talking about Gareth Southgate. I don't think yeah. any other manager in the right mind is making that decision. And we you even said it, and Ian Wright said it. Kobe Mayno deserves it. Like yeah, he was. I think he deserves it too. He was exceptional, and he's been exceptional, and I'll give you that 100%. So, like, to compare those two guys, like, if if we're talking about a similar position, they were the two best players on the field, but one of them's an, a hag, an old man. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying Cap. I listened to, to Rio's podcast uh, today where they're reacting and literally talking about this exactly. And his point was he can see Calvin Phillips not necessarily going because now there's not really an excuse. His form's been terrible before it was. He's performed well in an England shirt, so Southgate's going to bring him. Rio's point was that you still have to bring Henderson because when you look at a player like God, Henderson, that he's, would he's fucking a, kill me, bro. But, but, just, but just listen to his point. His point was you have to have a captain, and he's not going to be the captain, of course, but people in the locker room who have been there and won things. Like that's an important aspect to do. It's like we all love Harry Kane. We think Harry Kane's a world-class striker. Harry Kane's not a captain that's ever led a team to a trophy. And I do think from a locker room perspective, like that's why he's saying that he thinks Henderson would go. And I could seriously see him taking Kobe Mano because he thinks he's the future versus just Ross Barkley, who probably does deserve it. But at the same time, sort of building for the future and being like, I'm going to bring Kobe or James Ward Prowse probably deserves it as well. Like, there's a ton of guys that also deserve that spot. The midfielders, yeah. yeah. But I do think Henderson is going to be like, God, we're talking about Southgate. Like, I know, yeah. bro. I know he's going to bring his boys. Um, but Henderson brings up a good, a good transition. Um, Carabao Cup final, which is a prestigious trophy. Um, I don't want anyone to talk. Nah, up the chows, baby. Up the chows. Up the chows. Yeah, we uh, we we have a showdown this weekend between Liverpool and Chelsea. Um, this is you know first attempt at silverware this season for Chelsea. Um, and I'll go out and say it: uh, if Chelsea goes on to win this game, the season is not for nothing. Um, it, it's going to be a, it's going to be a bad league finish for sure. But if they pull away with this uh, trophy, I think Nick is going to fucking uh, show up for this podcast the rest of this season. Shoulders at a thousand. He's going to be. It's a, it's, a, it's a prestigious trophy. It's a it prestigious is. Trophy. You can't downplay it. What do you mean? Yeah. What, what are you saying? So, so Nikki, what, what, what are the thoughts ahead of this game? Do you stand a chance? Um, and, and how are you feeling going into it? Yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I definitely think it's an important game for us. <laughs> you said, we'll um, see. <laughs> um, but like when I, when I think about how we've been performing of late and like, we're kind of on a good trend right now. And when that's happened, we've seen like drastic fall offs after. So I'm hoping that we can continue our good form. Um, I will say it's completely on brand for Chelsea to have an average season and still win a title. Um, that's just kind of what we do. Um, so I could definitely see something happening. And I feel like the only reason I'm a little nervous is we've been in a lot of cup finals of late and we've lost a lot of those cup finals. So, yeah, um, 
those aren't always fun. But I definitely think uh, the form that we're in, um, hopefully it can continue. But I also think my agenda is my agenda. But when we played Liverpool this year with Trent on the field, it was a really close game. We tied. And then when Bradley came on, they spanked us. So just saying. Chelsea plus 390, Chelsea plus 390, fellas. I selfishly would be so annoyed if Chelsea won a trophy this year, bro. I (laughs) I would would be so annoyed. Give Nick some – I was going to say, give him some insight on poaching finals, man. Yeah. Um, uh, as long as you don't have Musa Sissoko getting in uh, a, a handball in the first minute that shouldn't have been called a handball, you might be okay because that's my memory of it. But uh, do you have nightmares about yeah. I will. I will die seeing Mudrick holding holding up a fucking trophy and posting it on Instagram. That'll be. I, I will. Nuts. The uh, I will say that the game against City like just has to. That's the best team in the world to most people. Yeah. Like take, taking points is is confidence for a squad 100%. for sure going into a final. Like people yeah, forget how young one. we are as well. Like I like we are so young, and I think confidence people forget. is huge and expensive. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, people yeah. are not forgetting <laughs> about how expensive they are. <laughs> who uh, who would you start as a nine? Would you start Jackson? And Kuko's been very like lackluster. But I I was talking with the boys like. I think our, the number nine on our side right now is set up for failure. So um, I, would I think want it has to that. be Jackson just because he has yeah. more size. I think, I, I, but I also don't want Sterling on the left. So if you have to put Jackson on the left and Palmer out it's right, it's going to be Sterling on the left. Top, it's going to be Sterling. It's going to be Sterling on the left. I absolutely hate that, but it's ridiculous. Um, I think with I think with a lot of this team, you can just put them in one of those randomizer websites and just like click, <laughs> click randomize any eleven, and it's yeah, yeah. Um, well, best of luck to you, Nikki. I think we can speak on behalf of all of us that we are cheering for no one in this game. So um, we uh, injuries, yeah, injuries, oh, as many of them as yeah, possible. Bad karma, Well, fellas, uh, midweek we have two Champions League games, and the Champions League last week did not disappoint. But the two that we're looking ahead to is we have Inter Milan taking on Atletico Madrid and PSV facing Dortmund. Um, on the surface, it looks like that Atletico Inter Milan game is probably uh, the headliner of the midweek games. But how are we feeling about these two? Does do either one of these stand out to you, or is it just kind of like a we'll see what happens in this round? The Champions League has lost. I mean, I get United's not in it, but it's lost a little bit. I, the away goals is like kind of like I watched one of the games last week. Last week, just because Real Madrid was playing, but like. I'm ex- I'm excited for these. I honestly am more excited for the games on Wednesday than I like. I'll watch them because footy's on, but I'm not over the moon. I don't know if it's the draw. I don't know if it's you know. I just I'm not. Yeah, wasn't great draws. Wasn't a lot of notable teams to make it out of the group even for real. Um, I'm I'm just looking at the game on paper now and like, Inter's really good. I think they're I think they're not credited as being as good as the, they, that's the they best are. Game. That's the um, only game I could see. Like I think Inter's fun yeah. And it's fun to watch yeah. PSVs, the American, the American sensation, which is nice. Yeah. yeah. Like, like let's get the Americans out there and, and let's see what's happening. Um, but with that being said, let's go to Wednesday then. So we have Napoli, Barcelona and Porto Arsenal, um, obviously with the Arsenal affiliate um, in this chat. We have to be stoked for that game. 
Um, but the Napoli Barcelona one will be quite interesting. There's a lot of buzz going around Barcelona at the moment, obviously with Xavi leaving. Um, some people are even saying that if he fails to make it past this round, that he could not even see the end of the season, that he might get sacked after this round. But then again, you have Napoli, who's not exactly firing on all cylinders. They, they just fired their coach. Napoli yeah, just did. fired their coach. I yeah, think, today. so it, you just have this turmoil of a game. Battle of the shit show. Yeah, it, yeah, it really real. is. Um, but but both teams uh, have guys in that squad who can change the game, you know, uh, on a dime. So that'll be an interesting one. But Lucas, how are we feeling against Porto? I know that uh, Portuguese teams are sometimes Arsenal's kryptonite. So mm. especially where's in the, European where's competition. Where's this one at, Winks? It's in uh, Porto. This is there. It's away the first game. Yeah. But uh, honestly, I, I haven't watched a lot of Porto this year outside of the group stage, you? but yeah. exactly. Um, <laughs> I can't can't say I've watched a Primera Liga game yeah. this season, but, uh, you know, I, I was looking at it uh, over the weekend and they're, I, I think they're like in, in third in their league right now, which, you know, isn't saying a ton, but, you know, I think it goes back to the way that we've been playing recently and assuming that um, Arteta doesn't mix a lineup too, up too much, which I doubt he will. Um, there's rumors that party is will be fully fit for this game, so I could see him. Yeah, is, is he, he out, of out of the country? Yeah. I was gonna say, bro. <laughs> all three all of us at the same time. Oh <laughs> 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 god. Um, no, but there there are rumors going around that he's gonna he's gonna be in the squad. Uh, I don't know, but I doubt starting. Obviously, I doubt his first game back is starting in a Champions League game, but. Uh, I you know if if that rumor is true, could see him coming on sometime in the second half. But Arsenal's not really great at confirming rumors, so you know. Yeah, but no, I'm I'm excited for it. I I've, it's obviously been a while since since we've gotten to watch uh, Champions League football minus last week. So I'm just excited to watch them. You know, twice in one week coming up. But yeah, I have a hard um, time seeing you guys dropping anything here. Yeah, yeah. I I think I, I think Arsenal happen, but. Probably right behind City, in my opinion. As crazy as that sounds, in team terms of like, no, man, I th- and I, I maybe, think also maybe Real, I think is like yeah. another one you could Real, toss in. There's like dude, top three. I'm not ruling out Inter yet either. I think they're going to make a run. Bayern could Bayern could bottom out themselves, bro. That's what I'm saying. We're all, like we're Bayern is. Yeah, Byron is going to yeah, go out. Dropping I mean, points to Bochum this weekend. Nice. Amsterdam. There's a whole like Bayern supporter section at Amsterdam losing their goddamn mind. At, I love it. At Amsterdam. I love it. Yeah, it was awesome. Brutal. But uh, but no, nonetheless, if I could have picked a uh, around a 16 opponent, Porto would have been on the short list. So just yeah. more than anything, thankful that that we got that and similar to a couple of our last prem games, as long as we take advantage of the games that we should win, I think we'll be in a good spot. But again, hope Arteta doesn't switch up the lineup. Yeah. You just never know. You don't, but it's the champions fellas champions league. Um, Last but not least fellas, MLS home opener this weekend with St. Louis city. We are, uh, we're recording this Monday night. So it is February 19th and tomorrow when this, uh, goes live on Tuesday. 
it, it's the day of the CONCACAF Champions League. So we'll we'll get the opportunity to see two games this week. Next week's episode, we'll have two weeks of recaps to come. But we kick off against Real Salt Lake this weekend. And last year, just to remind you, we went one and one with them in the series. We tied the series. Um, we had a kind of an interesting run. We had a, a 3-1 loss at home uh, in June. And if you remember, uh, what's that kid's name? Diego... Diego Luna, Luna, bro, I hated that game. Luna. He was a dog. Yeah. He was everywhere. He was the yeah. best player on the field by by a mile. But then we went to their spot uh, in March and thrashed them for nothing. So um, we did our our season preview of uh, of the St. Louis City team um, that's up on our Spotify, up on our YouTube now. Go and check it out. But um, Real Salt Lake has four incoming signings this season, um, all on the left side of the field, seemingly left back, left winger, striker. Um, do you have any preseason thoughts on this game or is it something that we'll just have to wait and see how we go game one? I think it's hard to predict much outside of game to game with these guys. Yeah. Um, I was gonna... you, you, whatever we see tomorrow could be completely different. Um, and I, and I do think since we've had some of those signings come in, we, I, I do truthfully think it'll be rotated. We won't, uh, you know, so early in the season, we talked about it a ton on the preview, but it's about longevity and it's about closing the season well. Um, so I think that with the with the learning curve, we will see some early rotation, um, and and I'm I'm cool with that. To be fair, you know, obviously you want to win your games at home, no matter what. You win your games at home, you set yourself yourself up really well for the rest of the season. Uh, but they're going to be tough. Um, they they were one of the that I remember that game losing and how angry I was in the stands. Yeah, um, me too. And that's the last thing that you want to give to your fans in the second match in the stadium. So, uh, who knows? Yeah, not sure. I, I will say that um, I think this is a good time just to say that um, I hate Don Garber. Um, I don't really have much Ooh. to say about the game because just because I, I do think that we it's very reactionary. It's very tough to predict the game when there's a, there's a game in between it. I'm going to say we're going to win because we're going to win a lot. Um, but I also want to say that Don Garber is an idiot. Like just with all the discourse that's come, are they even serious? Are they legit going to play? Like, because there was well, for, like for for the, the rumors for the, that the season was in doubt because the referees. for the fans that don't know what you're talking about, give some context to why damn Garber is a piece of shit. Well, I, I think I think the biggest the whole the whole deal. And we talked about this in a previous podcast. The the whole thing where currently MLS players are not allowed or MLS clubs are not allowed to play their top team within the, the U.S. Open Cup. It's essentially the goal is to make the league's cup um, sort of the main focus as that or that I guess that third competition, so to speak, for um, for MLS teams. Most MLS fans or most, I guess, U.S. soccer fans see the Open Cup as a way for kind of like the FA Cup, kind of like the um, FA Cup is in England, where it gives the opportunity for these these lower uh, lower level teams to play top MLS teams to go to big stadiums to really make a name for themselves. Not only that, obviously, St. Louis has a ton of history just in the Open Cup with how many times they've won it. But essentially what's what's kind of going on right now is I did see that, and I can't remember the guy's exact title, but it was today that, do you, do you remember his title as a CEO or whatever it was? The, of the U.S. Uh, US I can't know. It, uh, it was like I chairman, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, it was chairman. chairman. They, they essentially asked, the, the MLS asked the, the chairman of um, the, the U.S. Open Cup to, to step down, and he stepped down. Essentially with the goal, MLS is sort of focusing on, you know, the commercial side of we're going to focus on the League's Cup. Messi won the League's Cup last year. Let's make the the, the League's Cup um, a big deal. And a lot of fans are extremely mad about it. Everybody sort of sees yeah. right through it, see, sees it as a money grab, sees it as the ability for for them to make extra cash, put it on Apple TV versus YouTube, 
um, you know, show some some Beats by Dre commercials with with MLS logos. So on. lame. And it's essentially just commercializing the sport versus what takes away from that grassroots approach of, you know, we want to see these teams get an opportunity to play at at City Park. We want to see players have an opportunity to make a name for themselves. Dude, and and that's one of the things that I feel like we have to a bone to pick with him on is like we're starting the season with replacement referees. For those that don't know. Um, the, the, essentially the, the CBA that they gave to the pro refs, um, was not good enough. Uh, the pay is too low. The, I guess they, the refs don't even have benefits. There's so many things that are pointing basically back towards Garber to being like, this guy's a total POS. Um, so that's another, the fact that we're starting with God knows what refs. And I'm, we the thought pro, the refs last season. We thought were the bad refs and... were bad anyway. Yeah. I have no idea <laughs> yeah. what we're going to see because I know for a fact, Butchie would confirm, Dobes, you can too. Those high school refs suck. So if we have Horrible. any, if we've got lower quality refs, there's just no way it's going to go Let's well. Get the Mecca of banter to referee a game. I know Let's for go. a fact I would be a better ref on the pitch sometimes than some of these other cats. So let's go. Um, that's one. We're charging two hundred bucks, one fifty to two hundred bucks for these new kits that they've rolled out all week. Um, it, you know, there's there's a laundry list of issues with the MLS right now, and I think I know that we're going to see protests from the Luligans on uh, the League's Cup. I'm personally not going to the League's Cup. I have no interest in paying money to go watch that cash grab, uh, and I think we're going to see that kind of trickle down. and And I honestly, I do hope we see something from the Luligans soon. I would love to just see couple Garber out signs maybe or, or an ML dollar sign uh, mm-hmm. with a little slash through it in the middle in the supporter sections. I think those types of things should stick around all year because they're they're pulling away the fabric that we fell in love with the European game for. Like the concept of being local and of being having this jeopardy on you every single season. We're not going to get promotion relegation in the next 25 years. But the way they're moving now is we're never going to get it. There's not going to be that level of history for these low clubs to make these jumps. There's not going to be that, that you know, excitement around your local that, that you can you know, build on. So we're not growing the game anymore. Their concept was, was we're growing the game. We're growing the game. Everything we're doing is for growing the game. No, they're growing the league. Um, and then they're going to play by their own rules in a little bubble. So uh, those are that. Those are my frustrations. It's insane to watch them use this messy stuff um, and make all their money right now off of him. It's overdone. I'm kind of tired of seeing the guy's face in our in our capacity. Love him to death, best player ever, no question, unbelievable. But I'm tired of seeing it. Um, yeah. You know, their, their Saudi Arabian world tour, everything that they were doing has turned out horribly yeah. for them. They've got major injuries in, in the squad. Um, and no one knows how their roster rules work. They're getting all these cats. Uh, it, they've not used that to the best uh, of their abilities, in my opinion. And and I'm you know, I want to see change. I want to see RC cars out on the field with smoke bombs, delaying the games like Bundesliga two, so that we can you know really <laughs> let him know. Like it's just frustrating. We're we're not looking good right now as a league. But you know, love the club, hate the league. That's how it's going to be. How it always is. Yeah, how it, how it should is. be. Um, well, fellas, that wraps up this week's episode of the Mecca Banter Podcast. I want to give a shout out to Manscaped. Thank you for sponsoring tonight's episode. As a reminder, get 20% off and free shipping with the code MECCA20. Again, that is MECCA, M-E-C-C-A, 2020 at manscaped.com. Embrace a new you and definitely embrace a new trimmer, courtesy of Manscaped. Uh, gentlemen. 
Good work tonight. Here we are, St. Louis. Let's go get after some games. Come on, Cheers, fellas. Good work. Come yes. on. Tomorrow we're in the stadium, fellas. You Let's go. go.